Hello and welcome to Desi Sports. And today, as always, I'm joined by my partner, uh, partner in crime, I was going to say, but it's not so much that. It's Nevin. Nevin, hello, my friend. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Yeah, it's really good. Really good uh, having you uh, with us again. Uh, always a pleasure to speak to you. I look forward to this uh, weekend football chat uh, about what's been happening in the world of football uh, in back home and uh, around the world. And uh, there's nobody better that I'd rather speak to. So it's really good. How's your week been? Uh, pretty hectic. I've been at office and uh, there is, as you know for certain that there's a lot of football during the weekends, right? And as a journalist, that means a lot of work for us. So, yeah, there's, there's been work, but also a lot of good, interesting football. So, I'm not complaining. Yeah, yeah there's always uh, uh, talking points from no matter which football uh, we look at. But there's only one place um, um, we need to start today. I mean, in the podcast today, I'm hoping we can talk about uh, the World Cup qualifier, uh, the big game last night in the ISL. Uh, ISL mm-hmm. is back. Big um, league starting next week, the I-League. So it'll be good to get some insights right, yeah. from you because obviously this is something new for me. So it'll be really interesting to hearing your views on the I-League. And then obviously I, I want to take some of your views on what's been happening in the Premier League. So to start off with, um, Oman, tell me. Yeah. Um, I wasn't as disappointed with that result as I was against Afghanistan um, Correct, yeah. I was happy with the second half performance. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't catch the first 15, 20 minutes due to work. But um, what's your summary of um, the game against Oman? See, uh, as a st- if you just look at the result, which is a 1-0 loss against Oman playing away, then it's not bad at all for Indian football. That's something we can uh, make do with. Uh, we didn't expect much bigger than that anyway. So... As if you just analyze the result, I'm not sad. In fact, I'd say it's it's a pretty uh, decent result. We didn't get uh, opened up so much. It's not like Oman really dominated the match. So mm. that way it was good. But uh, if you've seen the match, and you should also realize that uh, Oman played in second gear for almost throughout the match. It, it didn't even seem like they were putting a lot of effort. They knew they had enough to get over the line and they knew they just needed a victory and especially in the second half I thought India could have gone for the kill they, they, they were sluggish Oman were sluggish they they were giving a lot of space for the likes of Ashik and uh, uh, you know our wingers to make their runs so in, in, a, in an ideal scenario uh, a good counter attack and maybe we could have snatched a point but uh yeah, I can't really sit and complain so much. But India looked really blunt going forward. Yeah, And so we go back to the same point of, you know, what next after Chetri? Do we have anybody else? Manveer failed to con- uh, convince me. Farooq, I think, is fancied as a, a left winger than a, a striker by Steamatch and his uh, uh, coach in um, Jamshedpur. So there is a big problem right in the right at the top of the formation also as a striker and obviously the problems at defense is there for everybody else to see so especially when the likes of Anas came in and uh, we were looking really shaky in defense thankfully we managed but uh, against a really good side playing with intent then this Indian team is going to struggle what did you think of the uh, lineup um, I mean, there's one player that you Nishu that you wanted that uh, he started, and uh... yeah, Nishu. And uh, to be fair, I think Nishu provided way more cover as a fullback than Mandar. So I I hope Nishu gets a, a decent run in that position because he plays as a left back. He's also versatile enough to go and play in the right as well. But he is a natural left back, even though he's a right footer. So. Might as well play defenders in a defensive position in an Indian setup. So I can understand why Mandar is playing uh, a left back in a Goa side, which tends to dominate most opposition. So that means there's less defensive work on the left back. But uh, for India in big matches like World Cup qualifiers, uh, we are going to be the underdogs. So it's my it's it's important that we have a good defender there. I mean, we said that in the bigger picture, 1-0 away to Oman isn't 
bad result. Um, Correct, yeah. Has there been much talk about the offside call? Or did people think, you know, we would have lost this anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, there were conversations, of course, and but it didn't feel like we got robbed. Mm. It wasn't that one opportunity that uh, uh, that Oman created. Uh, it 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 almost felt like because of the goal, goal uh, Oman sort of uh, took the uh, uh, foot of the pedal. So that way didn't really uh, hurt us so much. So they scored the goal and they sort of like, okay, now we'll relax and. Uh, it didn't seem like India was going to hit them on a counter or, uh, you know. And in fact, Oman hit us on a counter. So, their goal was uh, through a small mistake in the midfield and one pass and they were just, they sort of cut open our defence like butter knife on a cake. So, it was that easy for them. Uh, there's there's a lot of work to be done. I'm happy that there's no World Cup qualifier till March. There's hopefully enough time for... Um, the, the the coach to sit down and plan something strong here because we need a we need a plan beyond Sunil Chetri and uh, we also need to come up with a, a better defensive setup so it's I think identification time in the next few months who do you foresee as your uh, you know future center backs and then starting to train and starting to develop a system so that they're ready by March March. Uh, it's just, uh, uh, and uh, I mean, I think uh, those matches are important just to get that Asian qualification. But uh, more than that, it, it's a national team, and we want to be strong, and we want to get uh, higher FIFA rankings, right? So it's a process, and hopefully, they they are identifying younger and uh, more interesting athletes out there to take up the role of the centre back position as well as the striker position. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a couple, a few things there, and I want to go through them uh, one by one. One of them, obviously, is um, talking about replacing Sunil Chetri. But I think I read somewhere uh, from Coach Demakers to why we're even discussing this, and this was related to something else he was saying. How many Indian strikers do you see scoring goals in the Indian league? Are the two, Correct, yeah. is, the, is there a correlation? Because the reason I want to raise this, and it's funny that we, we've talked about this before as well, you know, about mm-hmm. Indian players uh, not getting in, uh, a, a chance in, as a centre-back or as a strike, as a main striker. And we've, mm-hmm. we've had similar conversations here in England as well, actually, because um, on the back of a really comfortable qualifying campaign, and they mm-hmm. were looking forward to um, the European Championships next year. And the same issue has been raised here is there's not enough English centre-backs being given, believe it or not, centre-backs being mm-hmm. given a chance to play in the uh, Premier League because they've got Harry Maguire, but then you've got somebody like Josh Stones. Um, so my basic point, and funnily enough, I was watching the German game against Northern Ireland, and again, they were saying, mm-hmm. you know, they've, uh, they've not been able to replace Boateng or Himmels as a centre back, yeah, because just there's just mm-hmm. not enough um, good enough German centre backs coming up, and they're mm-hmm. usually foreign players. So it's funny how the situation here in Europe, and certainly these two countries, is being reflected back home about our domestic players not getting a look in. Um, mm-hmm. Do you see that it's it's, it's a, a global issue? I think it's depending on the leagues, right? So, in Germany and in England, the the competition levels are different. Uh, it's not as bad as probably it is in India, but also in in, in a different scale, probably is bad because you're playing at a uh, at a higher level and you're expecting to win Euro and win World, Cup, World Cups and all that. So, uh, of course, you you see the pattern there, but. Uh, at least in Germany or uh, in Belgium or in, in most countries in England, they will address this. So if there is a dearth of uh, uh, centre-backs in England, I'm sure the academies are already looking into it and probably they, don't, they won't get a solution in two, three years' time. But in another eight years' time, you will see a lot of centre-backs because the academies start the process. Uh, I don't see a similar setup here in India. So... It, it's up to the technical director, it's up to the FA, uh, it, it's up to a lot of other people and other stakeholders of the game to understand, okay, India has a big problem in centre-back position, in striker position. All we hear is 
uh, you you see uh, club coaches also repeating the same thing so who is going to take the blame and who's taking <laughs> who's going to take the responsibility yeah so you see uh, the likes of ilko shatori also coming out and saying yeah. oh there are no indian strikers yeah so who is going to make them who is going to play them and it's also down to confidence i think we discussed this when we were discussing about fc goa it's about how indian players need confidence and uh, you you tend to see a lot of foreign players who come to india sort of look down on the players here and that sort of affects the morale in in some ways so uh, like we said uh, brandon is probably more expressive when he has indian players around him mm. because he doesn't have to he doesn't have like a uh, jahu or uh, edu or any uh, koro who he you know who who are playing at a different level and so Brandon would probably take the easier option of just passing it to them right so the reason why a lot of indians don't score is that in an opportunity in a half chance they prefer passing it to the the foreigner or prefer taking the easier route than going the risky way and so this is a this is also up to coaches to go and tell them son if you get a chance just hit it you know and <laughs> this is uh, this is the uh, this is a uh, Uh, a characteristic of all great strikers right it's it's that hunger so why do you think harry kane is a good striker i'm sure why do you think jamie wardy is a good striker because they they just hunger mm. uh, hungry they just is going for it and they'll make a lot of misses as well uh, <laughs> there will be a lot of opportunities where they should have just squared the ball to uh, uh, another player and they would have easily tapped it in but a striker is striker and he has to be selfish right oh yeah 100% so you you tend to miss these um, uh, characteristics in the indian forwards especially the likes of manveer you see his head is down and you want your big striker to be bullying and attacking stuff getting injured in the process but also injuring the <laughs> center backs of the opponents this guy is just he's too nice <laughs> to play that role yeah 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 so but, 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 i i'm not blaming i i like the i like the fact that uh, uh, he doesn't have to be physical but unfortunately the game demands it and especially from a big man that's what you expect yeah i mean the bit, the bit, the point i was making it's not an easy solution um because i'm not one for Correct, yeah. um having a quota uh, you know we need to have one indian mm-hmm, center back mm-hmm. or we need to have one indian a center forward a striker, striker because yeah. i don't think that's the way to go i think it's it should be through merit but how do you get Correct, that yeah. it's a difficult one isn't it but maybe the the process can start from a younger age where you put those quota because there is a problem and we need uh, affirmative a- action to sort of come up with a solution right so let's say um, under 21 leagues and all to those play actually those leagues are played only by indians so that means there is an under 19 defender for all teams there what yeah. happens to this under 19 defender who then transitions into the main team is the biggest problem mm. they just get lost and yeah. if there are no opportunities and if indians see that they can't play look at toyba singh for example who plays for minerva so toyba was uh, under 16 Indian team captain, if I remember, or otherwise he was at least a part of that uh, squad for uh, Bibiano for uh, Bibiano. So Toyba plays as a defensive midfielder for Minerva Punjab and not as a centre back. So you see, the transition is yeah. the player realised, oh my god, there is no opportunity for me as a centre back. So why don't I transition myself into a midfielder like a central defensive midfielder? or this is what happens to a lot of uh, good footballers or otherwise they just fade away there, there is no opportunity it's a, like sandeep singhan is probably like a uh, an anomaly and you don't see a lot of you know, uh, these uh, indian coming and getting a opportunity at a very young age yeah it it it, it is a tough one um but um, you know there's no easy solution um we just hope that there's yeah. a natural talent like sunil that comes through somehow no, in the next there, few there, years I, I, there is a solution i believe that i mean i'm i'm not saying that there should be a quota but like like i mean i kept re- keep reading uh, how belgium made that uh, golden generation and they forced all the clubs to play a certain ideology and ensured that uh, these set of skills were there in all their players and all that stuff so 
we need something like that in india right now all academies are run however they wanted to and um, coaches also use whatever philosophy that suits them so where will we develop such players it's also a lot of work right making a certain type of players yeah i mean i mean to be fair uh, the german federation went through this exactly the same process that uh, belgium did but 10 years ago Correct. when they went through Correct. that lean patch then they restructured mm-hmm. the whole academy system and how that transfers to the club's uh, system Correct. so yeah I, i take your point that is a bit that is a long term goal um in the short term i think we just have to hope that um chetri keeps uh, fit and uh yeah we need chetri to go till at least 40 43 <laughs> that that gives us some what 8 years <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see uh but uh, yeah we've got a break now but i just want to quickly uh, finish on this and um ask your yeah. views on a couple of things i read um were we unlucky with the injuries we had with sandesh and then obviously uh, Bo- bogus uh, got injured and then anas had to miss a game chetri had to miss a game so we've had a few issues as well on top of you know everything else as well in this short campaign i don't want to go that route actually i mean it is true it is unfortunate that we lose our uh, we lost our good players but we need more players it can't be that suddenly one player goes and the there is no replacement mm. at least i know if the 100% of that same player cannot be replaced but can we at least find a substitute who is at least 70 or 80% of the player who is missing yeah true. and no, the unfortunate point. truth is we don't have anyone like that so yeah. it's it's a problem that we need to address rather than keep saying oh we miss sandesh or uh, oh we miss sunil because this is going to happen this is a contact sport injuries are part of this game so might as well be prepared right yeah no fair point um but uh, no I, and, and i agree with you totally on that one um but it's something that was raised as well uh, in some mm-hmm. article that i read uh, but i thought pretty similar to what you were saying you know we shouldn't be relying on uh, one or two players we should have um, good backups um but Correct. overall um coach dimac has now got a record of played 10 1-1 one four lost five um if he was a league manager he'd be under severe pressure but uh, as a coach of the national team who came in with a lot of hope and um a bit of a project um what are your thoughts um i'm not uh, so my problem is uh, the coach not owning up to his mistakes yeah. that has been a big problem for me he is being super defensive he's pulled out stats that are absolutely useless about how the the, the passing accuracy has improved or they're not playing uh, long balls nobody cares <laughs> honestly if you can play long balls and, and score win. goals we'll be more than happy yeah yeah so i i don't think those stats matter and it it looked a little petty that uh, he had to bring out these stats to defend his record his, his record is poor but i don't think anybody is calling for a sack right now really everybody is like okay I, I don't i mean obviously there will be some set of people who are uh, upset with uh, with uh, how the coach is doing but i don't think there is a big big gang uh, who is asking for steam has to be uh, you know replaced by somebody else but um it's 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 important that he owns up and tries to come up with something that works for the team every match is an experiment and this has been too long now yeah. we can't keep experimenting and experimenting and we keep saying oh the coach tried to play a, a certain style of football it didn't work because injuries this that hello you've had enough time you've been traveling to most uh, domestic matches you know what you have mm. so can we make something around what we have what that's we have. what you're here for yeah. Yeah. And it's something that we've talked about before whether whether it needs to change and yeah I think it's come to that time. Just as very quickly um mm. you've been following football for a long a lot longer in India than me but um our managers usually given a lot of time in India generally generally I think the pressure is uh, not there. Pre- the pressure is there of course but I also think it's down to the fact that not a lot of people watch the sport. So right. till now at least bob uton and coverman and uh, constantine at least these are the managers that i remember uh, they've all had at least a decent amount of time not necessarily a lot but uh, 
they've had decent amount of time and uh, but steam match hasn't had the greatest of uh, records to be honest so mm. yeah. i'm surprised there aren't more called for uh, his sacking but um, yeah well, i think um, if if mars turns out to be a disaster then i think he'll be under big pressure yeah i think so because he has reset the focus now into finishing third and so we can get into the third qualifying round of the asian correct, cup correct. i think that that is his goal that we need to be yeah. there. So he's mm-hmm. uh, set a goal that he's going to be measured against. So I think, yeah, the game against Qatar, um, yeah, let's forget that one. And but... can, we have, can we start seeing an identity for this team? Whatever it is. If you want to play long ball, please play long ball. If you want to play whatever, whatever your style is. If you want to help in on playing this possession and uh, uh, count uh, whatever game, Tiki Taka, whatever you want to do, feel free. You want to try... Uh, gig and pressing, do that as well. But can we at least start seeing something? Right now, we don't know what to expect in this Indian squad. It's one day you are trying to dominate games, but you can't. Next day you're trying to um, park the bus, but you can't do that as well. So it's it's a little confusing right now. So oh. I think uh, hopefully hopefully we'll get some uh, SAF matches as well against our neighbours. Uh, say Nepal and probably another match against Bangladesh and just to just get this team gelling again. Hopefully, uh, lighter opponents. I'm not saying that should be the way out, but probably get a little bit more of international friendlies. And let's be honest, this guy has not had a lot of time to set this team up. Oman and Afghanistan are like two different type of opposition, also different climatic conditions. So, it's not like you can really drill in a, a, a plan to the on these players, especially since they are all coming from an ISL background and they've got something else in their mind. So to clean that off, put this new ideology in and all is a little tough. So now let's see if the Federation backs this manager by giving them, uh, giving C-Match more opportunities to play some, some friendlies with other nations and set our team up really well for March. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of things that went my, through my hand while you were describing that perfectly. And it's quite scary uh, because you were saying, you know, possession football with that. But it reminded me of, um, dare I say it, Claude Powell here at Leicester City last year. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We just did not have an idea as to what our um, ethos was, what we were trying to do. And it was very, yeah, quite a bit of possession, but with no purpose. And um, mm-hmm, But mm-hmm. let's not hope uh, it ends up that way. Um, I think there's... We huge... haven't even been keeping possession, so... No, but that, when you, when, I don't even know where that is coming from. Yeah, this whole it goes thing back that to, you're playing beautiful football. Yeah, it goes back to what you were saying. You know, bringing out stats, stats can tell you different things, uh, but they don't reveal yeah, the exactly. full picture completely. But uh, he's got yeah. time, and hopefully, the games against Afghanistan and Bangladesh, uh, we can get victories because um, after that, Correct, even yeah. me, who's very uh, uh, glass half full, might start to question Steamac, <laughs> but let's hope it doesn't yeah. get to that stage um let's yeah, yeah so no more international football um we had a break in the isl um i know yeah. when we have a break <laughs> in the english league for internationals it's a very boring weekend yeah. uh so we were glad um the uh epl is back yesterday i bet you're not too glad it was back yesterday a huge game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfortunate. But uh, I think uh, this goes back to Mourinho's statement about this Chelsea side. They're nice, they're fantastic, but they lack that pragmatism to win big matches. And that was sort of evident uh, yesterday. You scored that first goal against a good City side, but you were still trying to play out from the back and making those silly errors. And you can't uh, do that to a very lethal team like uh, Manchester City. But as a Chelsea fan who didn't expect much from this season, oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop you there because I was referring to Kerala against Bengaluru. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I know there's two yeah, teams sorry. yesterday that uh, you were uh, rooting for that yeah. didn't, and I'm, I'm gonna In come fact, to Chelsea I was, as well. Uh, I watched the Copa Libertadores as well. What a finish I, that I, was! Yeah, I, I I love River Plate. So oh, you t- <laughs> it's oh dear, it's been a terrible Saturday. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it was a horror <laughs> Saturday and Sunday. It was, the match got over what around what three three thirty. Oh yeah, of course, for your yeah, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, Kerala unlucky with the offside goal. Correct. Yeah, um, but 
what do you say like um, bangalore being bangalore right in terms of uh, eking out a victory even when they're not playing their best and that's the kind of stuff that makes uh, champions so i'm not surprised i sort of uh, we have a whatsapp group where we discussed a lot of uh, uh, kerala football stuff and we were just talking to each other this is pretty much what's going to happen kerala is going to be pumped up with all the hype before the match and all that they're going to go uh, give it a go and all that stuff and and bangalore is going to hit on a counter we expected more uh but uh, they did come up with a well worked uh, free kick routine and one one mistake from kerala's defense and they scored so um, uh, even though the offset was a little unlucky i think overall i think bangalore did enough to win that match and um i have to say amazing support from the yellow army yeah i i feel sorry for them they they go wherever this football this they will be the biggest supporter of the indian football team also in their away trips across asia and uh, they they thronged the stadium in uh, hyderabad even uh, they set a new record in uh, kandirava yesterday where uh, a huge number of uh, manjapada turned up for that match as well so they've been superb unfortunately the team hasn't been delivering the kind of football that you would hope but great work and i'm telling you this this fan group is very important for indian football to go forward because they are the numbers you they probably don't come across as the most polished or they they might be sensitive to a lot of things and all that stuff but at the end of the day they are numbers and they're mad about their football so great great it was it was fun i thought bangalore versus kerala was a good match because the 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 hype before the the match a lot of banter um, a lot of talk and uh, good eyeballs i was watching it on hotstar uh, the streaming platform here and there were good a good number watching the uh, match on a, a streaming platform as well and a lot of people so i i'm right now in chennai so i texted a uh, couple of people who runs manjapada and i asked uh, if there was a screening available in chennai that i could attend and they said all of them have left for bangalore <laughs> so so they, nice. they, they took the 6 hour journey to uh, bangalore from chennai as well so wow it, it was amazing yeah yeah and i was i looked at some uh, pictures on the various channels and it looked amazing for an away crowd uh, in india it was uh, fantastic correct, to see correct. and um, good atmosphere like you say between two and amazing supporters and i think that this is a rivalry i think uh, that can take this uh, this league forward as well this is probably their most watched match every season and uh, so they should really build it up really well yeah um and you can imagine or try to imagine that if kerala was starting to perform what would happen but uh, incredible support yeah it was really good to <laughs> exactly. see um uh, disappointing so if you talk to a, sorry if if you talk to a kerala blasters fan he or she will go back to the season 3 with steve coppel uh, as the as and mind you this was boring football as <laughs> it as it can as it can get it was just 100101101 just we uh, the kerala blasters team were not losing at home so that's how pretty much well they squeezed out a result against delhi dynamos in the semi finals and made it to the finals but even that was good enough for the fans so <laughs> <laughs> just those victories and just those occasional headers and a bicycle kick or anything and that so imagine if the if the franchise can come up with a good long term plan and get a good coach and have a system in place retain players this 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 team can go a long way yeah it it's got the foundations already and um it, it would yeah. be classed as a big club here in england with that sort of a fan base Um so disappointing um restart for you, for you guys a really good start for Bengaluru uh, getting back to where they belong their second now the matching points with ATK Yeah exactly yeah. um big game I wrote an article on them and I called them the mentality monsters because they they are they are sort of doing what uh, Liverpool is doing right they just they are refusing to lose and they've just conceded one goal in uh, in all in in their matches so and that was a late penalty uh against FC Goa and was scored by Koro so 
their defense is doing really well and yeah. i'm sure it's just a matter of time they start clicking uh, at the top as well yeah yeah and it, it um, playing to the uh, standard that they used to so yeah it's good to um, see them back there disappointing for kerala huge game tonight for my boys against the uh, <laughs> leaders of the, the uh, um, yeah. ISL 80k so i'll be looking forward to that uh, see how they resume this uh, this part of the ISL um but i now wanted to move to um talk about uh, the i league which is starting next mm-hmm. week um for mm-hmm. me living outside india this is what i suppose i knew about football in india was you know two clubs mm-hmm. um mohan bagan and east bengal uh to mm-hmm. a certain degree a couple of the other kolkata clubs and the goa clubs and this uh, there seems mm-hmm. to be and when i look at the i league and i see the clubs there there's clubs with real, real history um real support yeah. Um, yeah. what can you tell us about the I league and what can we look forward to this year so this is let's be honest india's football league so we are you going to are you going to say that hyper... even though the official title is the second tier yeah i mean so we can do another episode on the <laughs> politics of it and uh, how it became the second tier or anything of that sort but here is where the history lies and yeah. here is where the local connect lies so yeah. that's those are two things that are important for football right so these are clubs that have existed longer than 5 years mm. they've uh, they've actually tapped into the youth system in and around uh, their uh, their base mm. so if a, if a team is coming from manipur you will have five players from manipur right so it has proper roots in in the state mm-hmm. and also fan base that go to matches and like their football a lot so uh so if you go to a, a football match in isol mm-hmm. you see families coming and it's it's is part of their culture isol is part of their culture so uh so yeah i think uh, for a football enthusiast somebody who's also wants to understand football from a socio economic political lines as well so then uh this is your league so i am i'm actually excited and for one um for once i think uh, aff is giving it a fair shot they've got a new broadcaster and the timings are also favorable so there are no like afternoon kickoffs at 2 in the afternoon like last year which was odd because we have we all got work right mm-hmm. so uh to watch these matches at 2 o'clock in the afternoon was really difficult so now we have these 7 7 pm kickoffs and all that so that that's hopefully nice for us and uh, that will probably get uh, i league some more eyeballs as well uh, you, you talk about that will there be i mean when will the games be played i know the isl is played one game a day um how is the structure yeah. in the uh, i league and will it clash with it's isl similar. games it's similar uh, i i have not really checked i'm sure it will clash with the isl games so mm. at some point because this is these are all tightly packed uh, leagues right so it's not like you have an option of uh, spreading it out but uh, generally with i league there there are uh, uh, matches happening simultaneously right so is it um sorry i just got a call yeah uh, is it played um, during the week or is it just saturday and sunday games or so it's it's a mix i like i said i i haven't like really studied the schedule Mm. but uh, with i league there can be simultaneous matches so they can space it out a little better Right. So there can be like a Mohan Bagan match uh, match happening, and parallelly there could be like a Gokulam Kerala match happening. So okay. that way, uh, that way that allows a little bit more uh, freedom in terms of scheduling, unlike ISL where it's just one match a day. Right. Well, like I said, really looking forward to it. I just um, wanted to see if you can talk uh, a little bit about us, uh, uh, some of the clubs there. I mean. Ev- most mm-hmm. people even outside india will know about um, east bengal and mohan bagan and we can t- talk about them i'm sure we will be as the league pro- progresses yeah. but um i just wanted to ask you about a couple of other teams um that mm-hmm. might be new um and but are very um uh a lot of, they get a lot lot of coverage on social media first one is um i think they've been renamed as punjab um what mm-hmm. can you tell us about uh, punjab because they were known so as Minerva Punjab FC or uh, they're yeah. probably called the Minerva Punjab FC. Yeah. Uh they're fairly young club. Uh they didn't uh, they're not one with a uh, large history or anything but 
uh they they joined around the time chennai city also joined so this is probably around i'm guessing 2015 ish probably like give or take one year so mm-hmm. around that only uh, that's when they made their entry into the top division then which is the i league right uh, uh very interesting club because they are very strong in their academy mm. Yeah. So they dominate all the under 18, under 15, under 13. Probably the only club that has won all the titles. Yeah. So they won under 13, under 15, under 18, and the I League title. So that way, it's a massive club. Uh, the owner claims that uh, they have contributed to more than uh, yeah. 60 uh, players yeah, in the international team. He's very active on social media. Yeah, he is very <laughs> active on social media. Yes, okay. uh, he is probably one of those guys who spearheaded the. I League uh, revolt against the uh, the blatant misuse of power by Star Sports and FSDL. Right. So he he's like a polarizing figure. Some people love him, some people hate him. Okay. There's no in between. All right. Uh, but uh, generally, I think uh, that's a good setup because okay. Punjab has a history of football with JCT and uh, especially in that Ludhiana, Hoshiarpur area. There's a lot of football culture there. So there's a lot of sevens tournament happening, especially around this JCT Mills because they were a big prominent team earlier. So yes. yeah. there is a football culture, and finally they have a team. So again, hopefully a lot of Punjab players will come. And you you've already seen the likes of uh, even uh, um, Sandesh. Sandesh hasn't played, but he's also uh, you know friends with a lot of these. So in the earlier stage of minerva when they were playing sevens and smaller tournaments i think sandesh has some uh, some role there but generally you see a lot of punjab players go through minerva and it's not just punjab players so they've got very good uh, scouting so they they tend to get really nice players from across india especially the northeast so right. uh, i am a fan of the setup but mm-hmm. generally i'm a fan of most i league clubs because they've got something like this going for them yeah yeah well um like i said uh, we'll talk about i mean there's 11 clubs in the uh, i league and we'll talk about them through the season uh, but i just wanted to mm-hmm. get to know a couple of the clubs and the other one that i heard a lot about again through social media is gokulam kerala um what mm-hmm. can you tell us about them because they seem to be another progressive club in the sense that you know very, very, their, their very women's um, structure is very good very progressive correct yeah Uh, what can you tell us about them uh again another club from kerala and they are based in the hotbed of football so they are from malabar region of kerala which is north kerala so that's where the whole sevens football culture and there's a lot of football consumption in that area so they're based bang in the center and uh, unfortunately because of the odd timings of uh, i league and uh, generally the lack of success in the first few years meant they haven't really been able to get a lot of audience like kerala blasters but this could be their season because they went ahead and won the turin cup in the in mm. the pre season mm. that was a huge deal in kerala because finally we got a a club winning a title in the 21st century i think uh, the last really? title came yeah so by fc cochin in 99 or something so uh, it was a big deal because for all Ker- all of kerala blasters success uh in terms of getting fans and bringing football back and all that they don't have a title to show and this club went in one one of the most uh, prestigious title in india mm. so and gokulam has also made good signings so from uh being giant killers in their early season they had the knack of getting the big results against the kolkata clubs and all that now they have sort of established themselves as the giants so a lot of people are hyping them up as the favorites to win the title this year Wow. So okay. yeah, they've got somebody like Marcus Joseph who is uh, the striker from Trinidad and Tobago and he's their national team striker and he's scoring four goals for his team. So national team as well. So he's a very exciting talent and they they've, they've done good scouting, but also if I may stress is their uh management. So they've gone and hired the right people to guide a football club. So right from their uh social media to operations to Uh, generally everything in and around the club they've hired professionals and that that can be seen so it's not a huge setup but the people running the club have a vision that's probably why they're investing in in women's football also when no other uh, team has actually gone out and made a team mm. uh, not even an isl uh, club has done that so mm. 
No, it just it, it just comes across as a very professional and correct, uh, correct, correct. Yeah. good club, if you know what I mean uh, by that. Yeah, uh, that they are very um, you know forward looking, and um, it's good to mm-hmm. hear that uh, there's a lot of hope on them doing well in the upcoming correct. season as well. Um, so we'll be looking forward to seeing them and how they progress. Um, just two, uh, very quickly, two teams. Um, uh, if you can tell me a little bit about it, one of them is uh, Real Kashmir. Now, this is a story, mm-hmm. isn't it? This is a huge story, yeah. So, again, another club from... I think when you hear the word Kashmir, you know about yeah. problems there, yeah. right? So, uh, so this is a club that has survived despite, and this is a club of hope. So, for a lot of people who have been going through a lot, mm. are, like are still going through a lot, yeah. This was their space. This was their space to tell, hey, world, we exist. Our land is beautiful. We mm. play good football and we can win the big matches. So it's it's a huge story. And uh, you have a, uh, a great personality coming there and being a coach also. He's also taken a big risk and uh, from uh, Rangers to uh, Kashmir. Yeah, so Scotland. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I think his father so, and son is some place for. Yes, yeah, Kashmir, son is though. also there, and son is the most very, very interesting character because he plays centre backs in some matches, plays in the midfield in certain matches, can also play forward. So, <laughs> he, it's a, total he, football. Uh, total football in terms of using physique. <laughs> so that team is all about using physique. It's always been that way. So they will, they will hire uh, footballers who are at least six feet tall, and they will. Put in those crosses and bully the bully the opponents into scoring the one or two goals. And if they can play in Kashmir, which I'm not very sure yet, if they can get to play there, mm. then it'd be a huge advantage. Nobody can beat them in in Jammu. Yeah. Uh, sorry, in Srinagar. Because it's, of the conditions. Because of the condition, it's tough and also hostility. The the fans are very. Passionate. vibrant and yeah very passionate in in Kashmir so that, that that's that's uh, they are also a very strong side and yeah. that's the thing right who how do you like how do you like dislike a team with history like this i can't dislike most of the i league teams because they all come from a a certain place and they, they have a local connect they are, even real kashmir has players coming from uh, kashmir itself like uh, danish so it's it's a it's a setup that it's like all the clubs you want them to be successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the more you talk about it, the more passionate I'm getting actually about these some of these clubs that I did not know anything about. And um, but with Real Kashmir, I think they represent more than football, and um, it's Correct, fantastic. Yeah. And um, hopefully, it's not about the results; it's about the fact that they are playing. Um, and like I said, hopefully they'll play um, most of the games in Kashmir in the home. Uh, stadium, um, so it'll be good to see them just be participants in the I League. If if I remember right, I think I read somewhere where they, they might be playing in Bombay, but I'm not very sure about that yet. Yeah, uh, we'll see how that pans out. But uh, yeah. it's what they represent that is fantastic. Um, the last yeah, club, but and... in terms of if they are going to play in Coperage in Bombay, then it won't be too bad because Coperage has also got an artificial turf, just like in Kashmir. And it's a small stadium, at least in terms of structure, it's similar to what they have in Kashmir, but obviously not the same climate, obviously not the same audience. And uh, yeah, that's what that's yeah, what yeah. That, that's what I hope happens somehow, despite yeah. everything else yeah, surrounding exactly. that they play in uh, Jammu and Kashmir or uh, whichever yeah. um, state they play in. But um, it, like I said, they rep- they represent more than football. Um, the last thing yeah. I want to talk about is something that's very unusual. Um, and that's having an uh, Indian national team, the Indian Arrows, playing in the league. Um, yeah. what, do, what do you make of that? I mean, I, I, I like the basic premise of the uh, the idea, uh, but um, mm-hmm. is it working? And um, what do you think of the Indian Arrows? See, uh, technically on paper, it's a good idea. We are getting these youngsters to get some good game time and... Uh, there's no harm and uh, you can understand that big teams don't want to play them yet. So, this is like our training ground for India's best uh, footballers. The problem is you need them to go through the grind also in some way, right? Mm. So, there's no relegation for them. So, they can just play the football they want. Mm. And uh, 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 a 17-year-old, an 18-year-old, a 19-year-old perhaps going through a team fighting for relegation 
probably learns a lot more so yes you probably want to play uh, like very exciting football and want to play position football with the indian arrows and all that but maybe down below with a with a aizol with a naroka with a lajong you you might not play that uh, football with swagger but you learn how to survive you learn how to throw your body in front of the ball you learn how to fight for your place mm-hmm. so i think that's lacking for the indian arrows project and this is something i did ask uh, floyd pindo when uh, he had come for a press conference once uh, he was of the opinion that no because these players will not get the chance in the i league so that's there so obviously there are two takes for it mm. uh secondly i also think this is now becoming like a route for aff to make some money which is a problem right mm. so the moment uh, um so the players were playing for the indian arrow squad sort of belongs to the aff and if if a club wants to sign that player you pay that money pay to aff yeah yeah um, so it's it's also in a way like it's it's running like a, diff- a club and you identify and you put a you put a sum on these players and you uh, you all it's also it's all, almost like an exhibition so you give matches to the players you who think can be sold at some point i am not entirely convinced about the whole setup and uh, and uh, i don't know if i'm walking into controversial lines here but uh, see how did somebody like narendra make into the indian national team mm. he's played for indian arrows and he's not even like very convincing for indian arrows mm. yet you see him in the national team so then you and then you have somebody like gaurav bora i think he's injured so let's be uh, let's give them that benefit of the doubt but gaurav bora start for a chennai city team that went on to win the league but still can't make it to the indian national team reckoning yeah. Yeah, I, so, I, I see. What you, I see. Well, I've yeah. spoken to Coach Pinto a couple of times, and he said pretty much what he mm-hmm. said to you that uh, it's about game time and uh, mm-hmm. busy. Um, yeah, making them uh, a bit more um, as a you know consistent, getting that sort of uh, big game atmosphere mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, but we'll see how that pans out. You've already uh, told me as to uh, you know you've got mixed feelings about Indian Arrows and. the concept behind it uh, but and some of the I'm, i'm just saying that they should be relegated put them they in should some have sort that of pressure, pressure yeah 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 they so need they're... to go through that pressure and yeah some way to get these people ready also mentally it's not just working like clockwork under no pressure right your uh, football is way bigger than that you will have to go through difficult circumstances and true absolutely going back to your own team somebody like jamie wardy became jamie wardy because he went through those that uh, that years right through yeah. the, through the learning process so we are probably not the same way but you want these people to be ready mentally as well yeah yeah no, absolutely um so a couple of very quick uh, fire questions um, um mm-hmm. it's good to see indian coaches yeah definitely yeah so uh, that this is the pinnacle of their career at the moment and unless they get the national job in uh one of the uh youth teams so but um any indian coach that you think you know they've got potential i mean you've got um three or four th- this year uh oh you just certainly put me now just no no i, 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 I with these uh, quick wide questions i mean there was uh, stanley rosario uh, as well then you got obviously coach pinto then you've got chun yeah. yan lo um mm-hmm. and gift uh, raykan uh for neraka mm-hmm. so Um Correct, all yeah. I was saying is 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 it's good to see Indian coaches uh, taking lead of big clubs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's hopefully uh, we'll it's a change we'll I, see sometimes. I don't know whether soon. they are the best in India right now. Right, okay. That's uh, surprising. So uh, there is also this a lot of these people uh, a lot of these coaches taking up assistant coach in a in a ISL club. So I was a big fan of Khalid Jamil right. and he is now joined uh, North East United as the assistant coach. so um i don't know too much so gift raikan has had a good season and then disappeared and then went to uh, gokulam for a while didn't do much and then so um, like so with these coaches it's very difficult to come out and Church. say oh my god he seems like a very exciting uh, coach that should be play, uh, you know coaching at a national level um, an isl level or whatever yeah. i've not 
so for me Khalid Jamil was probably the standout uh, uh the indian, indian coach, coach in the in the reason yeah derek who i think now derek pereira is now i think involved with fc goa so again so you you see the the exciting coaches sort of taking the assistant uh, the isl route yeah. or the national team route so you don't see them uh, too involved with the i league anymore probably because less money and uh, uh there are a lot of issues plaguing i league as well so we might build it up as all romantic and nice and all that there's less money there's uh, poorer infrastructure there are so many cases of players not getting paid i'm i'm talking to um uh, shane uh, shane from dsk shivajians tomorrow and he's just won a case in fifa uh, about how he was not paid for a year after yeah. playing for dsk shivajians was a ex pune team and now sort of disbanded so there are these realities of uh, uh, these clubs as well a lot of players get delayed so for four or five months they don't get paid and ultimately they might end up getting the four month salary but money doesn't work that way right you can't yeah, yeah not you bit, can't like yeah bills are still happening every month yeah, exactly yeah. exactly yeah so um so there are a lot of problems which is probably why a lot of these good coaches are going the ISL ISL assistant in the coaching staff um the I league is a proper league there's no playoffs is that right Mm-hmm. Correct, so, yeah. so um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who's going to win the I League this year? Oh my God! I was hoping <laughs> that you wouldn't ask me. So we need to put on. Uh, we, because, uh, give me a couple of teams that you think <laughs> look out for these teams. These are the teams that should be there or thereabouts. So Chennai City sort of retained most of their players. Uh, they are the winners from last year, so they'll be there in the reckoning. But I League is a jinxed league, so. it's never it's, <laughs> so it's not easy to predict it, it, yeah it's not easy to predict because chennai city weren't even in the reckoning before last season and they went went on to win the league previous year minerva did the same year and a year before that iswal did the same so right okay. uh, you can't really sit and predict but right. that said i think gokulam is a favorite a lot of people think they've got a good squad and if they have the likes of kiseka and uh, Marcus uh, ready on top, and the likes of Pelisari and everybody else can sort of uh, hold the midfield and uh, uh, create opportunities. I think uh, Gokulam will be there in the reckoning. Well, in a- Kashmir are a tough time, tough team to beat, so they'll also be there. And obviously, the Calcutta clubs, yeah, they're, they're strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't think East Bengal has had the best pre-season, and so this year probably I think I, I like the look of the Mohan Bagan. side more than the east bengal side so but it's good to it's there's no one clear i mean it it, it sets us up for a See, fantastic at league at the end of and... the day somebody like a trow who's making their debut yeah uh yeah, they might go and win this that's how unpredictable i league is but, but that's good that makes the league a lot more interesting and um you Definitely. know if it's the, yeah. uh, but this I, time i remember i think the season uh, the minerva won the title the last day when simultaneous matches are going on minerva neroka east bengal and mohan bagan could have won that title oh wow on the last day what a finish what a finish <laughs> what a finish oh dear. yeah exactly <laughs> um this time i'm not going to ask you to um select a club for me to follow because i do want to follow uh, these leagues just to make it interesting for myself i'm going uh, <laughs> to yes please i don't want to do the same no 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 i'm I'm, okay. <laughs> i'm happy about my uh, your choice for me about orisha i'm already as you know very passionate look forward to their games and <laughs> that is my club until they find one in gujarat um but uh, in this one i'm going to go for, and i think you'll understand why but uh, as well that's going to be my team um, Uh, mm-hmm. Is that how you pronounce it as well? Aizol, yeah. Aizol. So that's going to be my yeah. team. I think uh, there the, there were stories uh, when they won uh, similar to my own club. Um, Correct, yeah. So that's going to be my team. So I'm going to be looking out for their results and um, see how they go on this yeah. season. So you should go. You should go and watch the match. It's one of the most beautiful stadiums that I visited. Yeah. Well, It's I think I've said it. To the valley. Yeah, I think I've said it before that uh, visiting the northeast and uh, that that is 100% on my bucket list and um a beautiful beautiful part of our country and um to see a game there would be um incredible. Um I've heard well, the yeah, stadium exactly, yeah. you see the mountains in the back I've seen pictures of it so um yeah, yeah. that is uh, that be in a fact, dream. Uh, most stadiums in the northeast like you said uh, are quite pretty so 
one day. Both of us will be there. One day, one day, yeah. (laughs) Very soon. Um, Right, that was brilliant. I'm looking forward to speaking more about um, the I-League. It seems a lot more interesting than, I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm being controversial here, than the ISL, from what you've, (laughs) how you presented it. I I hope I've influenced that decision as well. I am, uh, a lot of people say that I'm biased to (laughs) I-League. Well, do you know, uh, to be fair to you, when you explain the links between the clubs, how uh, the history they've got, uh, the support mm-hmm. base they've got, uh, the players that are you know local, and how close the league is in terms of uh, you mm-hmm. can't predict how it's going to go. I think it just um, it's crying out. You know, it, it, it's going to be really, really good uh, covering the I League, and like I said, a bit correct, more correct, than yeah. the um, it's real football, if I can call it that. <laughs> but if I may interrupt there, let's also be honest with the fact that say some uh, for a team from Chennai, uh, uh, football loving folks from Chennai. They didn't have anything beyond the ISL. So, Chennaian came first and then came Chennai City FC. And oh, Chennai City right. FC uh, is based out of Coimbatore. So, they've got the name Chennai, but this is working out of Coimbatore. So, you can't blame these fans as well, right? So, okay, it's the ISL club that came here first. So, obviously, we're going to support the ISL club. So, I don't want to be like super critical and say, oh, no, I-League has got history and that's where everything comes from. It's probably true in places like northeast and uh, and it's also uh, it also shows that uh, the biggest problem with isl is that they have a franchise fee which means a lot of smaller teams can't make it to the big league mm. you have to pay around like 15 crores to take part in the isl so yeah, i mean and to have a lot of infrastructure and all that stuff so smaller clubs can't be part of the ISL. That's the unfortunate part. Not I'm for, not like not for a few years anyway. It's horrible. No, yeah, not, not for a few years. But I was going to, uh, but I know this podcast has already gone for so long, and we've not covered the EPL. But um, it's something I want to talk about in the future. But uh, and a thought for next time is uh, possible two clubs that will buy into the league next year. We'll talk about that next time and the future mm-hmm. of the R League. Um, but. Just talking about the football yesterday, EPL is back. Thank goodness we've got a weekend back. Um, yeah. Uh, before I talk about the, your game yesterday, Chelsea's game, uh, what did you think of the to the sacking of uh, Pochettino? I know this, that's been the talk here. What about for you? Yeah, What's yeah, your I, reason? To be very honest, I think uh, Pochettino had sort of lost his dressing room and he seemed like an uninspired manager. This is not the Pochettino we had seen for the last five years. He's been there for what? Around five years, right? So, this is not uh, the Pochettino that we had seen. So, it was eventually happening. The bigger controversy was who was going to be appointed and uh, they went with uh, Mr. <laughs> Jose Mourinho. So, the humble uh, one. Yeah, I mean... The humble one, yeah. They've really, <laughs> they've really taken a risk with that one because it's uh, totally different to the project they had going again uh, under Pochettino. Correct, a good correct, type of correct. football with uh, trying to bring young players in. But... Uh, uh, good start for Mourinho yesterday, but then again, it was only West Ham. So uh, we'll see how it gets on. <laughs> but the players, certainly yeah. Deli Ali, seem to be back on it, which is a big thing for them. Um, I, I was thinking the same. Okay, The moment I heard Jose Mourinho is back, I was thinking Dele Ali and probably Eric Dyer. These two players would benefit from that kind of football. Yeah, Dyer's they... not had a look in and he was straight back into the team. Yeah, so it's sort of like uh, Mourinho thrives on these sort of individuals, right? They're nasty and <laughs> they, uh, especially Dele Ali is not your, uh, especially if you're an opponent, you don't like that that player. He's annoying and he's also uh, quite skillful. It doesn't probably come across that way, but he can score with the head and uh, he, he can play in the hole. So, mm. I can understand why uh, Mourinho would want to develop such characters, but he's also very tricky. Uh, hopefully, the flair players like Ericsson and Son and all of them don't well uh, like don't like they're, 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 get pissed off with Marino's strategy. Yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting because um, Daniel Levy, the owner, doesn't like spending money. So and uh, Mourinho does like spending money. So we'll see how that conversation goes. Uh, there's a few players. <laughs> I, I think uh, so. I think it's 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 also a desperate measure from both parties. I also think Mourinho waited and waited and thought some huge project is going to come his way and then realized uh, the Bayern or uh, Arsenal. I, I mean, I don't want to take a call saying Arsenal is bigger than yeah, don't uh, say that. Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, um, 
I think he sort of realized, okay, I think I'll have to take Tottenham. And then he sort of come out and said about the academy and all that. But his history doesn't suggest a coach will go out and use a lot of academy players. And no, that's not Mourinho's uh, style. It's not Mourinho's style. So, so we'll see how that pans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, your boys didn't do too badly at the start, but then obviously Man City uh, came back into it with two quick goals. And the uh, yeah. second half was a little bit disappointing from your boys. It was disappointing. It was disappointing because I think uh, uh, Lampard is reminding me of uh, Brandon Rogers in Liverpool. Oh, don't mention so, Brandon. He's God here now. <laughs> so, <laughs> in terms of... Uh, uh, you, you understand, in terms of him not changing it and just sticking to his philosophy. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. He, uh, you... You took the lead and now you have to be pragmatic, right? You have to understand that City are a good side. Now, do you still keep on attacking and taking the risk of losing a ball in the midfield and getting it on a counter? I can understand. I'm I'm okay. I'm happy with the project. I, yeah. I don't mind like Chelsea losing to uh, City right away now. Away to Man City, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, away to Man City is not a sad deal. But the thing is against Liverpool, against City, even against United... Chelsea did play good football for like good 60-70 minutes. And they were, they were not afraid to play from the back. I really like the look of this midfield try of uh, Kovacic, uh, Kante and Jorginho. I think they're they, they, they are definitely up there with the world's best. I really like what Kovacic is doing. I think all, all the talk is going to Kante and uh, Jorginho. But this guy has been really massive in there and he's... he's he, he brings the ball really well from from defense to attack. So mm. Chelsea can really do with a good um, uh, transfer window, which whenever well, it opens for them, because yeah. the likes of Villian aren't offering too much. Yeah, and yeah. they're really badly missing Hazard there. So this team and Hazard would have been a oh, a, a treat. Incredible. Yeah. But, um, I, I think um, I might have read it wrong, but I think um, the ban will continue in the January window. Correct, January yeah. is never a good window to buy players anyway. So anyway, it might, anyway, yeah, it yeah, might yeah. not be a bad, yeah. it might be a blessing in disguise. Um, so what does it talk about Hudson Odoi in uh, England? He sort of faded away and Pulisic has sort of taken up that role for Chelsea and he did, he doesn't seem capable of displacing a villain who's definitely not at his best. So, what no, is happening to him? It's the same with uh, Mount. He started with a banger, if you remember, uh, first few yeah. games. Um, but the issue always was that the young players who are not used to week-in, week-out competitive football, correct, they're correct. not being used to it. So, I think it's fair play to... Um, and if you remember, Pulisic didn't get a look in at the start. Yeah. And that shows the quality of Lampard as a coach that he's keeping these players, you know, um, in the, in the loop. Yeah. yeah. And uh, bring him in when he thinks they're ready. Um, but uh, Odoi and Mount will definitely figure uh, throughout the season. But they won't. I think with Mount, it's also been a tactical shift because Lampard sort of started with a 4 to 3 1. So in that 4 to 3 1, as a number 10, Mount really fit his. Uh, the description Mount is in your wide player, and the moment I think he he shifted to a four three three, then Mount became a a player who didn't really fit in the wing or in that uh, three man midfield somehow. At least this is how I understand. Uh, but he's a player that is an outstanding talent, and um, he will be, he will definitely. need to um, include Mount. And I think it's just a question of. Um, Game time. Uh, you can't overload a yeah, yeah. player like Maybe that. Maybe against uh, smaller sides, they will switch to that four-two-three-one and give Mount yeah, a, especially at a home. free run. It. Yeah, especially yeah, especially at home. At um, very quickly, out of these three, who do you think is next to be sacked? Emery, uh, Silva or Pellegrini? Isn't Silva already sacked? <laughs> That's what I was under the there was uh, impression. Read, unless I've missed something in the past hour while we've been talking. Um, he's under pressure. Yeah, so you, I mean, you think I he's favourite? David Moyes is going to come back, which is all sad. You know, <laughs> what is this uh, English obsession <laughs> over getting these likes of Sam Allardyce uh, and uh, uh, David Moyes whenever they need? What it is, you know what you're going to get. So if you get a Steve Koppel or Mr. Brown, you know what you're going to get. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, Moise, I think, is a... I remember reading something back. where uh, how Jose Mourinho has now become the Sam Allardyce for the big teams. Yeah, so, well, yeah, in a way that uh, you can guarantee a trophy 
Um, yeah. might, might not be the best football. You might not get good academy players coming through or young players being developed, but you'll get uh, trophies. Yeah. So yeah. this yeah. is what uh, cost Pochettino. He had the talent, he had the players, he had the football, had the brand new stadium, mm. brand new training field. But one thing it didn't have was a trophy. So you know you're going to get that with Mourinho. So it's it, it's one of those things. Um, very last question to you. Is it a two-horse race for the Premier League this year? I think it's Liverpool's. I don't think City is catching up. We're talking about Leicester they... City here. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you yes, don't think it's a two-horse two race? You think it's no, a... I don't think it is. I think Liverpool's is winning this. As much as I like what Leicester is doing, but... Um, no, I, I think eventually they'll fade. I would like, I would love it for Leicester to win. I don't want Liverpool to win. That that's just that kills a lot of our banter potential. Right? <laughs> we keep saying, <laughs> we keep reminding them you don't have a trophy. So um, yeah, but uh, this Liverpool see, side seems to be that annoying. They'll get that decision from the referee, whatever happens. Not the referee. The VAR VAR. seems to be tuned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hundred percent. So. Yesterday's, yeah, I think, so it, disallowed goal was ridiculous. But then again... It was ridiculous. The, and VAR itself is so controversial. You brought in technology only for another human to make decisions. So It'd be all right <laughs> if they were making the right decision. But uh, it's when they're not. Uh, it's just yeah. uh, uh, making huge... It's not made any contribution uh, yeah. in a big way. But um, I'm hoping to spread the love of Leicester City in India as well. Uh, so uh, I'll be looking for your help in that one. But uh, in, a br- br- brilliant result away to uh, Brian yesterday and with only eight points yeah, behind yeah. Uh, uh, Liverpool. With uh, We are <laughs> due to play them on Boxing Day at eight o'clock in the evening. So that'll be an incredible atmosphere. So we'll see how that progresses. That's like two matches, right? First against Liverpool and then against City. Or is yes. it City first? No, we're playing Man City away on the 21st and then on the 26th uh, Boxing Day we've got Liverpool. Uh, wow. But before That's, then... That should be like yeah, the it'll, season decider for uh, yeah, all for, teams involved, I think. For, for Liverpool anyway. <laughs> but before then we've <laughs> yeah. got uh, we've got Everton at home next week and then we've got Watford mm-hmm. at home, uh, Norwich away and Villa away. So next four games, you know, potentially a uh, few points available. So. Three points each. Um, hopefully, um, we'll continue to be in the top two come uh, Boxing Day. So, we'll see how that goes on. Um, yeah. Nevin, do you know, this time always flies by. This is my best hour of the uh, of the week, I can say, <laughs> talking football with same you. Yeah, same so, yeah. I've really enjoyed it. And we've covered a huge amount, as uh, same as last time. But um, I know people are enjoying this football talk because of you. So, I appreciate your time, my friend. Really enjoyed it. It was fine. It was fine. I think we should keep doing this every week. Absolutely. Fantastic. Okay. Um, have a great evening. Uh, I know you're working, uh, but um, hopefully you'll have a good no, no, evening. I'm off now. Oh, I'm you're off get now. myself a good biryani. Bri- oh, I keep hearing about these. Uh, one of these days, I need to add that biryani in Chennai. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Oh, uh, no, I, I, oh no. Chennai biryani isn't amazing. I'm just like a biryani consumer. I love right. biryani wherever it comes from. So. <laughs> no, fair play then. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> I see where you're coming from. All right. I'll take uh, culinary tips from uh, you next time about what, where to go and where to eat in Chennai so we can start spreading that as well. Um, oh, yes. yes. Have a fantastic evening and uh, week. Same and um, hopefully I'll speak to you next week. Thank you, Nevin. Take care, my friend. All right. Bye.